What a um, beautiful description these verses that we just heard are of the life that Jesus is inviting us into. Just think about what, what we just heard Jesus say in John chapter 15, verse 9 and following. We heard Jesus say that we're invited into a life of abiding in God's love, of living and moving and breathing God's love in a way that just fills us with God's joy to the degree that that love and joy then just multiplies itself into and across the world, into other places, that we live a life of love, rooted in love, filled with joy that transforms the world. That's literally the gospel. That's why Jesus lived and died and was raised. That's what Jesus came to do for us, to invite us into. And the really cool thing about these verses is that Jesus tells us exactly how to experience that life. He says, you will abide in God's love if you obey my commandments. Friends, that's what we've been studying both last fall when we looked at the first four of the Ten Commandments in the book of Exodus and what we're going to be studying over the next six weeks as we look at the last six of the Ten Commandments. The first four were oriented around directly living and abiding in God's love as we learned how to love God with everything that we have and everything that we are. And now these last six commandments, we're going to learn how to live Jesus' commandment of love each other as we see what it looks like in specific terms to love everybody else as much as we love ourselves. How to live in God's love, to experience the joy and multiply it in the world. And it begins with this, Exodus chapter 12, or 20 verse 12, it says, honor your father and your mother, honor your parent or parents. It begins by learning how to love our very first neighbors as our very top priority, honoring our parents. I'm not just the people who gave us biological life, although for many of us, that's who we think of when we think about parents, but not just those parents, our adoptive parents, for those who have experienced it, our foster parents, our chosen parents, our spiritual parents, our de facto parents, the people who just at the end of the day were the ones most responsible for the people that we become. The commandment is to give honor to all of the parental people in our life as a matter of first importance. So what does that mean, to honor our parent or parents? Um, well, it doesn't exactly say, does it? It doesn't give us any specific instructions of what to do in order to accomplish that. The word in Hebrew um, literally just means to make heavy. In other words, to treat our parents as weighty figures, as a weighty presence in our life, as people of significance, and people of importance, people worthy of our respect and our esteem. What does that look like in day-to-day -day terms? Um, 
obviously it will be different in different cultures, in different situations, in different family systems, even at different ages and stages of life. I think it will be constantly evolving and changing what it means for us to honor our parents. It's a matter of self-reflection and wisdom and input from the community, just repeatedly asking the question, are my parents being honored? By my life? Are, am I demonstrating how significant uh, they are to me? That's in my attitudes and in my thoughts and in my words and in my deeds. Am I respecting and esteeming them? Am I caring for and being concerned about them? Am I appreciating them and showing affection to them? Am I honoring my parents? There's an interesting parallel if we think about what it looks like to honor our parents. In realizing that we are told to honor our parents in the same way that the scriptures tell us to honor God, that there's a connection between honoring our parents and honoring God. In John chapter 17, just a couple chapters after the verses we just heard, it says, when Jesus finished saying these things, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son so that the son can glorify you. Jesus says, God, listen, my, my purpose in life is to give glory to you. In other words, to live in such a way that the beauty of who God is is made manifest for everyone to see so that the fame and esteem of God spreads around the world. That's what we are giving, giving to our parents. We are living in such a way that the beauty of who they are, of who we think they are, is just obvious to everyone and so that their esteem spreads. It makes sense that we honor our parents kind of in a similar way to how we honor God because our parents are the first people who imaged God to us. Like they created us after all. They gave us life, but they've been the source of everything. They nurtured us and sustained us. They reared us and raised us. They modeled for us the loving kindness that is inherent in the being of God. And so we honor them as of first importance because they were the first people who showed us what God was like. Or <laughs> at least they were supposed to. I think all of us have moments in our relationships with our parents and those of us who are parents. We all have moments where we have done something less than show our kids what God is like. I think some of us live in relationships with parents where we saw very little of what God is like. We experienced neglect or abuse or abandonment. We experienced parents who were distant and cold or critical, parents who were workaholics and prioritized other things ahead of us, or parents who were just bad at relationships and didn't know how to love. And I think some of us have had to lower our expectations of what it means to be loved by our parents and maybe even draw healthy boundaries and find healing for the impact our parents had on us. I know my kids will. Some of us have had to make the extreme move of cutting our parents off. And yet even then, the commandment says, honor your parents. There's no condition. It doesn't say honor your parents if they were honorable parents. Our responsibility, even if we're making those healthy choices that I honor in you, 
is to figure out how to still honor our parents, even if it is only being gracious in the way that we speak the truth about who they were for us or weren't, and by engaging in the journey of forgiveness. But we're called unconditionally to honor our parents because it is the only commandment that comes with a promise. It says in the whole verse 12 is honor your parents so that your life will be long on the fertile land that the Lord your God is giving you. When we honor our parents, it says we live a long, good life in the earth. Certainly, if we honor our parents, they will. <laughs> in the ancient world, um, the home was the basic unit of society. It was a multi-generational family unit with hangers-on, uncles and aunts and cousins, and connected to the households around you. But it was, it gave the very basics of what you needed to live a good life. It was your first police station and your lower court. It was your education system and your health care. It was your social safety net. It was... Um, your first job, it was probably your only job. It was your spiritual community. Your family was a small group led by your parents. It provided the foundations and the basics of everything that you need to live a long and good, fulfilling, full life. And so as parents grow older, and they grow weaker and more vulnerable and begin to lose their faculties. They need a household around them to honor them in gratitude and generosity for who they have been, to sacrifice to care for them in the way that their parents sacrificed to care for the other generations and to say, as much as it depends on me, I will protect you and provide for you and make sure that whatever's within my control, you will live the fullness of life to your very last breath. That's when we honor our parents, certainly they experience the very best of life. But the promise is that we will as well. And I don't think it's voodoo. I don't think it's magic. You somehow magically somehow have a better life if you honor your parents. I think there's a logic to it. The brothers Grimm tell a fairy tale of a husband and wife who take his dad in in his advanced age. He's losing his mind a little. His eyes are weak. His hands are shaky. And as he would sit at the table and eat dinner with them, he would drop his cutlery and make a bunch of noise. And his hand would shake and he'd spill food all over the nice tablecloth and all over his clothes. And he'd get more in his hair than he would in his mouth until one day his daughter-in-law had enough. And she stood up with her husband and said, forget it. From now on, you eat over here. And they led him to the corner of the kitchen and set up a small stool and gave him a wood bowl and spoon and said, you eat there. And he would sit in the corner and stare longingly at the table until one day his shaky hand caused him to drop the bowl and it shattered and food spilled everywhere. And his daughter-in-law jumped up from the table and in a rage, she said, you are a pig and you will eat like one. And she got her husband to build a small trough that sat on the floor in the kitchen where his dad would sit and eat his dinner while they sat together as a family at the table. 
Well, the one day they're sitting at the table and the father notices that their four-year-old son is goofing around with some small pieces of wood. And he, and he says, son, what are you doing with that wood? And the son says, well, dad, I'm trying to figure out how to build a trough so that I'll know what to do when you get to be grandpa's age. I think the promise in the command is that families that model and teach what it looks like to honor their parents become over generations families that model and teach what it means to honor parents. In the ways that we are treating our parents, we are showing those who are coming after us how we want to be treated in the future. Now, Jesus says, obey my command if you want to abide in God's love. And the top priority when it comes to loving each other is an honoring love for our parents so that one day we too will receive the honoring love of those who come behind us. So what does that look like? What does it mean to live out that kind of honoring love? I think it means at least two things in the scriptures. The first is this. We honor our parents by submitting to them. We honor our parents by submitting to them. So obedience, the idea of obedience is somehow baked into um, honoring our parents. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 6, the writer is talking about this command. And basically, this is how he translates it. He says, as for children, obey your parents in the Lord, because it's right. That obedience is central to what it means to honor our parents. But I don't think that means that all of us are always obligated to do everything that our parents tell us. There's a negative example, dishonoring parents in Deuteronomy chapter 21, where it says this. Now, if someone has a consistently stubborn and rebellious child who refuses to listen to their parents, they will inform the city elders, this son of ours is consistently stubborn and rebellious, refusing to listen to us. What's more, he's wild and a drunkard. There's this idea again. We expect to be honored means to listen. And they said, we have a child who doesn't listen. In their attitude and in their thoughts, they are stubborn. They're hard-headed. They're intransigent. They just refuse to go along with what we've said. And then in their behavior, they are rebellious. They willfully and, and intentionally do the opposite of what we ask. But here, I think, is the point. They say, look at who he has become. A drunken partier. He's irresponsible and immature and lazy. The issue is not that this kid had, you know, disobeyed one or some set of the commands of his parents growing up. The issue was who he had become. I think we honor our parents to the degree that we submit to their authority in our life as they try and shape us into godly and wise, mature and responsible adults who participate positively and productively in the life of the community. That's who they want us to become. And as we live those lives, as we become what they imagined we would become, we make them proud and we increase their honor among everyone else who sees. People look at us and say, those parents did a great job and we honor them. We show how important and worthy of respect they are. Now, obviously, 
That is only true when our parents are channeling their efforts into raising us into becoming godly and wise, practical, responsible adults who are positively and productively engaged in life of the community. Um, to the degree that they are inviting us to become something that is different than what God has commanded us, we are not obligated to obey that, to honor that. Jesus once says, um, if anyone's not prepared to part ways with their parents in order to follow me as a matter of higher priority, they just don't understand what discipleship is yet. Our fundamental responsibility is to follow Christ and to become what Christ is calling us to be. And to the degree our parents are diverting us to become something else, we are not obligated to submit to that. To the degree that they are modeling something else, we're not obligated to submit to that. In, in Ephesians 6, where it's talking about this command, it says, As for parents, don't provoke your children to anger, but raise them with discipline and instruction about the Lord. The, the writer says, In as much as you provoke your children to anger, as much as you are an irritant and a source of frustration, as much as you mistreat your children, you are violating your responsibility and relationship to them. You are malforming them. And we have no obligation to honor that. But to the degree that we live towards our parents' best intention for us, that we grow up to be godly and wise, um, responsible and mature, productively and positively participating in the life of the community. We are becoming what God through them is raising us to be, and we are honoring them. Here's the second thing I think it means. We honor our parents by submitting. We honor our parents by supporting them. We honor our parents by supporting them. Built into the command is the idea that we would be caring for our parents. The, the command is not given to young kids or to teenagers to, to make sure they clean their room when their parents tell them to, though I wish it was. Um, the commandment's being given to older adults whose parents are aging, whose parents are growing weak and vulnerable, who are losing their faculties. And certainly central to the instruction is it is your responsibility to provide for and to protect your parents so they can experience the fullness of life. Because truth be told, older adults in our culture in the 21st century are no less vulnerable than they were in those generations. They're vulnerable to the whims of government. They're vulnerable to attack and assault. They're vulnerable to scams and fraud. They're vulnerable um, medic or they're, they're weak and vulnerable, you know, medically increasingly and financially increasingly. They're in danger of being left behind by changing technology, by being left behind by community. They're um, increasingly living in a pool of grief as they experience more and more loss. They're in danger of being left behind by their spiritual community. And it is our responsibility as those whose job it is to give them a long and good life to help them experience the fullness of life until their very last breath to be a, pay attention and to be aware and to say, not on my watch. I will protect you and provide for you. I will keep you safe and included so that you can experience the fullest life possible for you. It affects 
our driving and our inviting and our including. It means going to meetings and appointments and doing technology and filling out forms and a myriad of other ways in which we, especially those caught in the sandwich generation of caring for young kids and older adults, in which we are responsible graciously and gratefully and generously to pour ourselves out to serve the ones who have served us best. Now, that doesn't mean that it's all on your shoulders. There's this interesting story John 19, Jesus is on the cross and he sees his mother and the disciple whom he loves standing nearby. And Jesus said to his mother, woman, here's your son. And he said to the disciple, here's your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his own home and treated her like his own mother. Is the point of the story. Jesus from the cross looked down and said, obviously, I'm not going to be able to provide and protect my mother in the way that she deserves. And so I need to figure out how to make sure she's cared for. And he accessed the resources he had available to him and made sure that she would be cared for till the end of her days. And we have resources, government resources, CPP and disability transportation and supportive housing and nursing care and just a host of resources that can assist us in ensuring our parents are living their best lives. We, like Jesus, have the community of faith. Jesus once said, my mother and brothers and sisters are those who love me and are with me in the community. We can access the community of faith to help us ensure our parents are living their best lives. It doesn't mean a boundaryless life and endless guilt trips and enabling being taken advantage of. But it does mean, as it says in 1 Timothy, that if someone doesn't provide for their family, and especially for the older members of their household, They've denied the faith. They're worse than those who have no faith. You've missed the point of what the gospel is all about, which is living in God's love by obeying the command of Jesus to love each other, especially and of first priority to love those who have nurtured and raised us, to love our parents with an honoring love, by who we become and by the life we help them live until the very end of their days. And that's when we will experience the fullness of joy and our joy and the love of God will spread throughout the world. So how can you honor your parent or parents today? Let's pray. Father, we call you Father because you are the source of all of our life. You're the origin of everything we have, just like our earthly parents are in human terms. We want to honor you with our whole lives, and you have said that means honoring them with everything that we have in whatever way that we can. Would you give us the godly insight and wisdom and the supportive community around us to honor our parents well, to abide in your love, to be filled with your joy, and to be a transformative agent in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.